Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. So, Matt, I was thinking about it the other day, and when I was a kid, uh, I'd bring home my report card. You know, with kids, they send a report card home at the end of the year every year. So you bring one home. Well, for several years in a row, I'd bring my report card home, and it was soaking wet. Finally, my dad is like, Adam, why is your report card soaking wet? And I'm like, well, because it's below sea level. (laughs) God. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. (laughs) All right, everybody, here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm good, brother. Good deal. Uh, we haven't been in the studio for a while. Um, it's not apparent to any of our listeners because we got, you know, we get ahead and all that stuff, but for you and I, we haven't been in the studio in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, cause I went out of town and I'll, I'll talk about that here in just a second, but it feels good to be doing this again. feels good to be back oh, yeah. in the graveyard. Always, always good to be in the graveyard. It's like our little happy place. <laughs> Um, but real quick, before I tell y'all the weird thing that happened to me, um, I wanted to say, go check out the Podbelly network, go to podbelly.com and you can find you some different shows to listen to. And they've got some information on podcasting, stuff like that. We're proud members of the Podbelly network and proud to be associated with these shows. We also want to thank tonight's sponsors, Feels and Best Fiends, and we will talk a little bit more about them later. While you're doing your Googling and your interwebs and, and all that kind of stuff, go over to patreon.com slash graveyard tales. You can sign up to become a patron of the show. You basically become a producer of the show because you help keep the graveyard free and help mm-hmm. keep us out from behind a paywall because Matt and I will never go behind a paywall. So in order to keep the graveyard going with the expenses that we do incur i would i guess is the right way to put it from just doing the show um our our patreon donations is what helps us do that it's what helps us keep the equipment that we've got and the services that we use to be able to record and all that because the recording stuff that that costs money but anyway uh, patreon.com slash graveyard tales uh, and each level has different perks with it um our ten dollar patrons get video versions of the main episodes so if you're a ten dollar patron you're seeing us do this right now so right. hello um our five dollar and ten dollar patrons get video versions of the bonus episodes that we put out so go over there check it out and and like we've said before if you can only do a dollar don't worry about it. You know, they don't think, well, I can only do a dollar, so it's not going to really help. A dollar a month helps. Any little bit that you can um, donate to the show helps, and you still get a bonus episode a week for that. You just get the audio version of it. Um, right. And you can stop and start as you need to. If you say, hey, this is a tight month, I can't do it, you can pause and come back to the subscription later. So, Patreon.com slash Graveyard Tales. Okay, Matt, before we get into the episode, um, me and Ashley and Michael, we drove up to Arkansas and we stayed in a cabin kind of out in rural Arkansas. And apparently Arkansas is a hotbed for weirdness for me because every time we go up there, something weird happens. <laughs> it can it can be a hotbed of weirdness for a lot of things. Well, this is true. It is Arkansas. <laughs> Um, but, but I'm, you know, when you know, I'm, I'm, I'm poking fun, obviously, but I'm telling you, 
up in that northern area of Arkansas, going into the Ozarks, there's some strange stuff that happens up yep. there. Yep, and we were we were right at the border of the Ozarks and Appalachians. There's a we went and actually while we were there, we went up to this area where that one little mountain range they said is in both the Ozarks and the Appalachians. So it kind of connects the two. So we're right there in the middle of the weirdness. But this cabin we stayed in, um, the lady that rented it to us, it was her mom's before she passed. And she kind of left it the way her mom had it and just does a Airbnb. Well, we've stayed there before. And one of the things, the first things I noticed is there was a, what I came to find out later, um, cause you and I talked about it. It's called a mezuzah. Um, mm, yeah. If you're Jewish or you live in the New York area, you'll know uh, about this. I, I actually talked to Scott from astonishing legends about it a little bit too. Um, and he knew all about them cause he lived up in, uh, New York for a while, and they're very common. You put them in the doorways of a, a building, your house or whatever, and there's a prayer inscription in this mezuzah, and you're supposed to touch it anytime you come in or out, and it it's supposed to bless the house and bless you and ward off evil spirits and all that stuff. Well, the warding off of the evil spirits, it it made me wonder because one night now i didn't get a creepy feeling there like i got at the other cabin we stayed at you know that other cabin was weird and i had that black dog experience and whatever that was weird but this i didn't really get a weird feeling but the first night i woke up somewhere between 3:30 and 4 because i didn't look at the clock right away when i first woke up it was a little bit later and it was close to 4 when i actually looked at the clock, but woke up. Don't know why I woke up. Our TV was off. Yeah. Michael was in the bedroom on the other side of the cabin. And I'm laying there and I hear a music box. You know, that distinctive music box mm-hmm. kind of ping, ping, yeah. ding, ping, ping. And I know this because growing up, I stayed with my great grandmother a lot. She crocheted music boxes. So she'd crochet the music box, uh, then install the music box into it. And one of them was a juggling clown that played send in the clowns and it would move its hands and look like it was juggling and all that. Well, every single night that thing would go off for no reason. And it would play the first bar of send in the clowns every night. <laughs> and it freaked me out. That may be why I don't like clowns. It would have freaked me out, too. But uh, that's why I know distinctively that noise. Now, I couldn't pick out what song was playing, but I heard a music box playing. Ashley's asleep. The dogs are still asleep. They don't notice it. So I get up and I go walking to Michael's room over there to see. I was like, maybe it's his TV that's up loud enough where I can hear it. I go in there. His TV is almost muted. It's so low. I couldn't hear it until I opened the door and walked in. So I know it's not that. And I I couldn't, for the life of me, find where it was coming from. But you could still hear it. I heard it for about, uh, it, it probably about two minutes, I would say. So it was a long time. Yeah. Um, and then it just stopped. Well, I kind of looked around. It's four in the morning. I'm I'm not going to go search in the house for a music box then, right? Next day, I get up and I'm looking around. No music box in the house at all that I could see. <laughs> Man, that is crazy weird. Now, the second night, didn't hear it. The third night, I heard it again. Oh. About the same time. And see, now you know there's not a music box in there. Yep. So that, that was even worse for me. I never figured out what happened. I like what was causing it. Nothing. But two nights of the night we were there or the nights that we were there, I heard this music box playing for a minute to two minutes. 
and never could find it. No music box. I knew about the Masuza thing there, so that makes me wonder. Um, the the lady whose house it used to be, she has books in the house on paranormal stuff and all that. So she was obviously into that too. But you know, there was a weird looking uh, doll sitting at the uh, always by the front door, and I've got a picture of it. I'll send you, but. Yeah, it, it just was weird, and I, I never figured out what it was. I I don't know, but hmm. we'll probably stay there again, and maybe I can investigate some more. That's really that. I mean, that's really interesting. It, it, I would, you know, the whoever owns it now, I would maybe reach out to them and and ask has has anybody reported anything like this? Have you heard this? Any you know just. See if there's something to it. Maybe there's a backstory. You know, you get a really cool ghost story out of it that, you know, Mm -hmm. 50 years ago, there was, you know, a kid with a music box that lived there and disappeared or some some bizarreness. So it'd be interesting to know. I I know. I'm going to have to. I I meant to um, have Ashley message her shortly after we left, but I got to think about other stuff and, and just forgot to have her message. But I may next time we go up there, actually talk to her. Um, but that's all I got. Uh, if you stuck around this long, uh, you'll be happy to know we're about to start the episode. <laughs> you you got a different ghost story out of it. Yeah, exactly. You got a, a, a firsthand uh, Arkansas ghost experience. So there you go. When I was 12 years old, I saw something in the sky I couldn't explain, and I've been searching for answers ever since. And I'm inviting you on that search with me every week on the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. With special guest interviews, case history, and audio docs, we ask the tough questions when it comes to UFOs, the paranormal, and the unexplained. New episodes drop every Monday through the E1 Podcast Network. Available wherever you get your podcasts and at somewhereintheskies.com. All right, Matt. So let's take a second and talk about one of tonight's sponsors, Fields. Now, Fields is a better way to feel better. Their premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. CBD has been proven to greatly reduce anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness and i use it for about two of those three myself (laughs) same here and navigating the world of cbd can be complicated but it feels they look to make the process as simple as possible so you can start feeling better sooner right and with cbd it's it's not about what you feel it's about what you don't feel you don't feel the stress the anxiety you don't feel the pain and Fields wants to help you start not feeling all of those things. Now, as Adam said, it's a premium CBD that will help your head stay clear, but you'll feel your best. And it's hassle-free, and you can have it delivered directly to your door. Now, you just place a few drops of Fields under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes, and you really do. Um, Adam and I both agree that we've tried so much CBD in the past that we were just amazed at that feeling that you get after you take your first dose of feels. I mean, you really do feel it working. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, everybody, when I talk about CBD, everybody says, well, Matt, how do I know what to buy or how do I know how much to take? Feels makes that easy, too. Fields offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Fields customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with Fields. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash grave, that's G-R-A-V-E, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. 
That's right. Go to feels.com, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash grave, G-R-A-V-E, to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash grave. Matt, it's going to be a little bit different. So why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? Okay, so so tonight, um, I, I'm I'm driving the bus. So I did. He doesn't all the have re- his license either. So <laughs> no, I did all the research for this topic. Um, so I'm going to cover the history, which Adam usually does, but I'm also going to cover the hauntings. And when we started looking into this, you know, Adam Adam let me know pretty quick. He's like. I'm not finding a whole lot of history here, so I'm kind of concerned, and we may need to switch gears. And so I told him, I said, "Well, I said, I'm I'm finding some some good haunting information, but I'm still digging." I said, "So I think it'll be okay." So we we Adam made this suggestion, and so this this was what we decided we would do. So this one might be a little bit shorter than our typical. But what is so cool about this place is the number of personal experiences I was able to find. And I'm not talking about paranormal investigators reports. I'm not talking about, well, legend says, no, I'm talking about actual regular people who had experiences there and had posted them. And normally you you don't find that much of that. You they're like little gold nuggets when you find them. Mm-hmm. And I found quite a few for this place we're going to talk about tonight. So enough enough talk about it. What you know you're going to say? What where the <laughs> hell are you talking about? So we're going to talk about the Terrace Inn and the 1911 restaurant in Bayview, which is just on the edge of Petoskey, Michigan, and. I get it. I'm. I know all these towns in Michigan. They're pronounced a different way. <laughs> Every one of them. So if you're from Michigan, if you live near Michigan, I'm sorry. I, I would almost guarantee that I'm not saying this right. So, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. So I'm gonna stick with Petoskey. You don't have to hear me say it that many times. Okay. It, it's probably like. Pederowski. Jonesville. Yeah. (laughs) I'm serious, man. I don't know what. Look, I I mean, that, I I don't know what, um, what, not what are you, a a Michigander? Isn't that what, isn't that a person from Michigan? Like, you know, you're a Texan, I'm a Tennessean. If you're from Michigan, you're a Michigander, isn't that it? Maybe. I probably Uh screwed that up too. But what is the deal? Okay. What is the deal? Yeah. Now, we've got some weird uh, ways to pronounce things here. I know I did a whole episode on weird Texas uh, city names, but. In Tennessee, we just pronounce them wrong. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, we know what the word is. Lebanon. We know how everybody else on the planet would pronounce it. We just pronounce it wrong. Yeah, Lebanon, and Tennessee. Yeah. And, and Lafayette. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we understand. It's spelled exactly the same. We know who Lafayette is. You know, (laughs) we just don't pronounce the town that way. (laughs) But anyway, the the Terrace Inn was built. uh, It was uh, the construction construction started and then it finally completed between 1910 and 1911. Okay, and it officially opened as a hotel in June of 1911. So it's pretty old place. I mean, it's over 100 years old. So, you know, most places that have been around that long, you think "Mm, there may be some stuff going on there. Mm -hmm. But the original owners, William and Josephine Duvall, they lived in in Lebanon, (laughs) Lebanon, as we say it, Indiana, okay, where Mr. Duvall was a banker. Now, Mr. Duvall purchased the inn for his wife to manage because at that time, women weren't allowed to own property. Right. It, it's now, weird because uh, I've seen that in 
several histories we've looked up that the husband buys it because the wife wants to run it and all that stuff, but she can't. And I, I understand that's that's how it was years ago. It's just really freaking weird to me that that's the case because yeah. once they took it over and ran it, they would do a hell of a job and then be able to purchase it later. Like several of them purchased the property later from their husband, yeah. you know, or when he died, they took it over and then it became a big booming thing. Um, but you see that a lot when you look into the history of some of these places. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And so Josephine Duvall uh, ran the Terrace Inn. Um, and later, her daughters Beatrice, Virginia, and Cordelia would continue on working at the inn until their father's death in the 1940s. Now, the Duvalls build the Terrace Inn as Bayview's quote, newest and most modern hotel. And the Bayview area is kind of like a resort area. Okay. It's right there, you know, on the water, um, you know, lots of hotels, bed and breakfasts, that kind of stuff. That's what it's. And, and believe it or not, that's kind of what it was then. Yeah. Yeah. Now the inn itself featured, um, modern amenities like hot water, um, Hot and cold, so you could take hot and cold baths. Um, That's cool for the time. Yeah, it was. It the the building was heated with hot water. Um, it had electric lights and call bells, huh. so you could you could ring the front desk um, from your room. Yeah, and the dining room offered a full menu that said, "quote Hot things very hot and cold things very cold." I like Which that. Is, I like I like my food like that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> if it's supposed to be cold, I want it cold. If it's supposed to be hot, I want it hot. That's how it goes. Yep. And that, and that as weird as it sounds to us nowadays, that was a thing back then. That was a luxury because right. you know they had refrigeration, they had uh, the ability to heat water, but it wasn't common. It was right. new technology and. You know, that's just, this is just shortly after that. I got to boil my water for a bath mm. and you, you boil gallons of water, throw it in there. And then everybody in the family bathes in the same tub. That's right. Because you don't want to reheat this water every time. And Shoot. so this makes it a freaking luxury. That's great. That's exactly right. Now the inn was built to accommodate the growing numbers of summer visitors to the Bayview area. So they were really um, capitalizing on what was going on at the time. Right. Now, it remained a hotel, but for a brief period during World War I, it served as a temporary hospital. But once the war was over, it reopened again as a vacation destination. And although the hotel has been through several renovations, it still retains much of its old Victorian charm. The The dining room has the original wood floors. Oh, wow. Uh, and according to Patsy and Mo Rasmussen, who are the current owners, uh, the rooms have the original 1911 dressers, and a lot of the beds are wrought iron. Oh wow, that's cool! And the hem the hemlock wood beams in the lobby are also the original beams. So that's that's really interesting. You know, if you're if you're one of those folks that digs the the history of a building and mm -hmm. and the original uh, construction and and things like that, this is one of those places where you you know you're looking at. You're looking at a hundred and uh, over a hundred year old architecture there, right? And just think about since it is the original. If we're talking stone tape theory, mm -hmm. think about what those hemlock beams have seen. Think about what the the rooms and all that has soaked up. If you believe in the stone tape theory, these things and, and they're still there. So I can't right. imagine if the stone tape theory is legit, what these beams have in and on them. Yeah, especially we're talking about 
old wood. Mm-hmm. Old wood. You know, original floors, original beams. Yep. Original furniture. Um, you know, that's gonna really store some energy there. Yep. Now, during the construction of the inn, it was rumored that two workers died when a beam fell on them. And it's widely believed that their spirits may have settled in the inn once construction was completed. But, you know, when we look at the history of of other haunted hotels that we've done, you know, there's a lot of uh, macabre details that come out when you look. You know, there was, you know, a a satanic cult that moved in for a period of time. We've we've seen that. There's um, multiple murders. Um, you know, people just randomly dying in weird ways or disappearing. You know, we see yep, all that suicides, we all kinds of stuff. Yeah, at these places. we we don't really see that with the terrace inn. It it was pretty much just your regular old run of the mill vacation inn. You know, it's very nice, very modern for the time. Um, but nothing just overtly strange happened there i mean that, two construction workers dying in a in an accident that happened a lot if, yeah even if that's real in 1910 and 11 that happened yeah yeah that you know? happened a lot on scenes but it, that makes the um uh the uh, in itself a unicorn basically in the yeah. colloquial sense of unicorn it, it's rare I mean, I there's not hardly any place that we've talked about that doesn't have some, or if it didn't actually happen, some macabre legend attached to it, even if it Mm -hmm. didn't really happen. So for this place to not even have somebody talking trash about it and saying, oh yeah, the owner was a necromancer. You know, it's, it's strange. Yeah, it is. And, and that's a that's a really good analogy. It is a unicorn in when you compare it to other haunted hotels. Um, and, it, and it almost seems like as we get into this, that the stories are were almost feel like they were um, created to explain the hauntings and not vice versa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because the you know, the, the one, the one main story, it, it's not, it's not as easily verified, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that this actually happened, but it's a really good story as far as how it would explain the particular haunting that's happening there. Right. Right. Now, much like other haunted hotels though, the, the Terrace Inn embraces their, their paranormal history. Um, and guests can routinely share their experiences with the owners. In fact, if you stop by, ask at the front desk for the ghost files. Which I love is a, this. Yeah, which is a thick folder with reports of paranormal happenings that were witnessed by guests and employees. And one of the videos I was watching, uh, this guy it was uh, from 2020. He said that the binder was about three inches thick. That's incredible. That's a lot of stories. That's okay? incredible. And and the the ghost files is only a, about twenty five years old. So it's not like these stories date back to the twenties and thirties. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot of stories in a short amount of time. Yes, it is. And and I just love the fact that they are so embracing of it that they have. That not only have they collected the stories, but they have a book that you can go check out. If you show up there and you ask for it, they'll let you read it. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. And we found a few other places that mm-hmm. do something similar. Yeah. Um, but this is this is really great. Um and they welcome paranormal investigators and, and they have ghost hunt weekends and Adam and I have participated in a ghost hunt weekend at a yep. at different at a different place. So um, you know, those are a lot of fun as well. Um, but the stories inside the folder, they're very similar. They have a lot of similar accounts. 
and they range from seeing shadows of a man, hearing footsteps, or the sound of a party, even when the hotel is vacant. You know, that distant sound of of chatter and and music and things, and you're like, there must be a, a, there's a cocktail party in there. A music box playing off in the background. A music box playing. (laughs) (laughs) Now, paranormal investigators who have spent time at the terrace confirm that many of the reported occurrences um, seem to be authentic and that the building is extremely active. And they, they've been, a lot of investigators have called it spook central, you know, to take a, take a phrase from Ghostbusters. Right. But there are three notable ghosts that are found at the Terrace Inn. Now, those three are the lady in white, the man in tweed, and the boy in the basement. So they got really creative with the names for these. I was going to say, once again, yeah. Another hotel with the lady in white. We you know we need a list of all the haunted hotels that have a lady in white. That's a good idea. If you've got the time <laughs> and you're listening, uh, if you make a list of every place that we've talked about that has a lady in white and then add the ones that we haven't talked about, we'll try to hit all the ones that we haven't yeah, talked about yet. I mean, it's like everybody. Well, if it's haunted hotel, it's got a lady in white. Okay. If if I ever own a haunted hotel, I, I intend to come up with a more original name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. The uh the lady in cream. Mm. That's that's what it'll be. The lady in cream. Yeah. Which floaty, floaty white lady. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now the terrace ends lady in white. Um has has a backstory that's probably the most famous story out out of the end. Um, it begins with a girl named Abby Elizabeth Sweet. Now, it's unclear if Miss Sweet was a guest, if she was an employee, or if she was just somebody that was around that area. They none of the stories make it very clear, but. She was there and she was known. Now, Miss Sweet was pregnant with twins, but during her time there, she fell and it caused her to miscarry. Mm. Now, sadly, Miss Sweet did not survive the ordeal, but as the story goes, her spirit has stuck around to wander the halls of the Terrace Inn. The lady in white is commonly seen or felt in or around room 211, which is supposedly where the unfortunate event occurred. Hmm. Okay. Um, Many visitors have reported seeing her in the hallways, in the rooms, or going up and down the staircase, which the staircase gets pretty active too. I mean, there's several that they see going up and down the stairs or at the top of the stairs. Yeah. Okay. I did see in a little bit of um, stuff that I looked at in the beginning that they mentioned um, the hotel actually mentioned on their website. If you're feeling adventurous or you're into this sort of thing, request request room 211. Mm-hmm. So. Which seems to be the most active. Yeah. As far as a single room. But the the stairwell between the second and third floor seems to be the most active spot in the building. And that's where they Mm. get a a majority of the reports. Now the next spirit is the man in tweed. Now this spirit is commonly uh, seen on the balconies looking into rooms. Okay. So he's a peeping Tom ghost. Yeah. Dang voyeurs. (laughs) But when people report seeing him, he immediately disappears. Like now, a peeping Tom. I mean, you like see him. Like a peeping him, Tom. Peeping yeah. Tom's going to run away. <laughs> I I thought it was interesting that they call him the man in tweed, which indicates that they can see him well enough that they know that he's wearing tweed. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's kind of hard. Colors would be one thing, but, you know, a full-on pattern? Hey. Right. You're right. seeing a, so you're seeing a lot of detail here. To see the texture of their clothing and everything. 
That's right. Now, it is believed that this, the man in Tweed, this particular spirit, is named Edward. Edward was Elizabeth Sweet's husband. Now, they say the spirit is looking for his bride. Now, the story says that Edward reportedly returned to the Terrace Inn after the incident, and he died there, possibly of a broken heart. Huh. So, again, it it's tough to verify these stories. Right. Um, but this is the story that is told there. So, And it's interesting that he is tied to the other spirit. Mm-hmm. And it may be, like you said, that the stories are told or, or, or they, they came up with the stories in order to explain the spirits that they're, they're seeing there. And mm-hmm. that's why they're tied together. Um, you know, maybe these spirits don't even know each other and they don't know why people keep saying, you know, that's his wife. And he's like, I don't even know that lady. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know that, and again, that I mean, you're you're making a connection that there's no way you would possibly right. know. So that right. that's what makes me think the story came after the fact. Yeah, probably, probably. But the fact that they're so commonly seen and reported, I mean, why not? You know, it's like they've got no other reason that these spirits are hanging around there. Yeah. So might that's as well come up with a decent story. It doesn't seem like they're making up there being a spirit there. Seems there actually is something there. But the and and you know, this is probably way more common than we even talk about where right. the history that is given to explain a haunting is probably way off or at one point somebody just made it up. Mm-hmm. And that could be like I said, so common that we don't even know it because it's mm-hmm. so common. All right, Adam, I, I got to tell you about this. All right. So the other night, it was a typical night. We had had dinner. Um, everybody was kind of, just kind of sitting around doing their own thing, you know, kids doing homework. You know, we got the TV on. And then... They looked up and realized that I was gone. Disappeared, sure, huh? Yeah, disappeared. Wasn't sure where where I was or how long I'd been gone. But they didn't have to worry because I was just uh, off getting a little uh, Best Fiends time. Oh, yeah. Quality time <laughs> with the Best Fiends. That's right. You know, I mean, you know, sometimes... You know, late at night, you can't sleep. You you know, you're you're trying to just chill out and and alleviate all the stress from the day. And for me, that's a perfect time to pull out my phone and and play Best Fiend. Right. So right now I'm I, I'm I'm in the three hundreds, like three sixty, three sixty one. Um I've I've made a lot of uh advancement over the last few weeks but you know i'm still you know i'm, I'm still lagging behind i think everybody I, else so <laughs> yeah i i don't even want to talk about where ashley's sitting compared to me that it's just embarrassing how good she is <laughs> but for those of you who haven't already started playing best fiends you know best fiends is the traditional um, match three type game, but it's got a very unique twist where you get uh, different fiends to help you battle the evil slugs. And it's unlike any other game I've ever played, and it's my favorite phone game ever. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't require data connection, so you don't have to be connected to the internet to play. No, you can literally pick up your phone and play it anywhere. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing about it is, you know, we go uh, we go out camping quite often, and when you're camping, you don't have signal, 
and obviously we don't have a phone or anything like that. Uh, you know, a, a phone to be able to surf the web or anything. And and mm-hmm. I, I'm guilty of wanting to watch TV at night before I go to bed. Well, you can't watch TV in a tent. So mm-hmm. what we do when we go out camping is I'll pull out Best Fiends and. There's just a little glowing phone light in the tent there from me playing Best Fiends while uh, Ashley's trying to sleep. But, you know, it's fun because, like you said, you don't need cell signal. You don't need Wi-Fi. You just get on there and play. And it keeps me from going insane laying in a completely quiet tent with nothing to do. (laughs) Yeah. So you can download your new favorite getaway best fiends for free today on the app store or google play you'll even get five dollars worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five that's friends without the r best fiends that's right download your new favorite getaway best fiends for free today on the app store or google play and get five dollars worth of in-game rewards when you reach level five that's friends without the r best fiends But this, like you said from the beginning, that seems to be what this is, is there's activity, obvious activity here, and somebody, multiple people are trying to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And so these legends, these stories develop into what they are today. Yeah. And so the third one is the basement boy. Now, many That was visitors- my nickname in college. <laughs> Man, you had so many nicknames in college. I did. It, you would think I was popular. I wasn't. That was all people that hated me. <laughs> but uh, the many visitors and investigators have reported seeing a shadowy figure of what appears to be a boy between the ages of 12 and 14 in the basement. Now, the basement boy, as he's called, has been known to interact with guests. There are cold spots in the basement which doesn't seem that uncommon, but one one visitor reported the temp drop on his EMF meter while he was interacting with this spirit. Hmm. So he said, the, you know, the temp was fine until he started having this interaction, and then he noticed the temperature dropped on his meter. Yeah, it's not like he just walked into an area that was cold, which could right. be common in a basement. He was sure. fine, and then all of a sudden the temperature just plummeted. Mm-hmm. And there have also been reports of an apparition of a young boy walking down the stairs, but it's unclear if this is the same spirit that inhabits the basement. Now, disembodied voices and footsteps have been reported in the basement as well as throughout other locations in the hotel. Now, the Terrace Inn will tell you that their most haunted rooms are, of course, 211, but also 212. 219, 303, and 318. And those hauntings are typically described as something as simple as seeing a shadow moving across the wall or seeing a full-on apparition. Uh, doors will open and close on their own. Okay. And again, you'll hear the 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 voices and that that um Hearing the what sounds like a party, like multiple voices talking, but it's unintelligible. Um, yeah. That is very common. So, you know, you can imagine, you know, you're laying in bed at night and you you hear some footsteps and you, you kind of wake up enough. And then the next thing you know, it sounds like that somebody's downstairs having a party and mm-hmm. there's nothing going on. You know, everybody's that, asleep. That would, I mean, that would be more freaky. I think than the music box because it's so much more happening. Mm-hmm. Like music box, maybe it's hidden under a sink that I didn't see. A party that's not hidden under a sink. That's right. <laughs> Unless you got roaches. Yeah, exactly. Like my first apartment. It's a roach party. Yeah, that was a now- totally different thing in college. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Now, I did come across an interesting photograph that's taken of the steps leading to the inn's front porch. 
Now, this particular picture was posted by Patrick Code, and the photo shows a strange mist drifting from the left side of the shot, and Code explains that it was not smoke, and it was far too warm to see your breath. So it's you, when you look at the photo, and it's fairly common, it's actually on um, the Terrace Inn's website. Um, sometimes you can look at these photographs and you can tell that it's it's an it's in a poorly exposed photo or it's overexposed in one portion and that looks like not this i mean this looks like straight up mist you can see definition in it um and he says there's there's no reason in the world that this would have been here that it just kind of creep creeped in yeah now chris struble who's the owner of Petoskey Yesterday Tours, he says that one night we were sitting right right there with a group of women. We had about 12 people, and we just started, and as we were starting to talk, the piano behind him started playing on its own. Hmm. Now, that that's happened more than a few times. Even oh, to wow. the point of hearing piano music in the hotel without any evidence that the piano is being played at all. That you can tell when um, a piano is a player piano. You yeah. can tell that. Oh, you yeah. Know, it, it's one of those. So if it's not obviously not that, that's really cool. And even a player piano doesn't just up and start. That's true. I mean, you've actually you've got to do something to it to make it yeah, start. Wind it, put in a coin, something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I've I thought it was so interesting that pianos seem to be a, a recurrent theme in hauntings. It's like what what about like a bugle or something? <laughs> it's like, well, we heard uh we heard Reveille at six AM and you know, there's nobody around to play the bugle that sits over the fireplace. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, y'all need to buy quieter instruments. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you have a triangle hanging yeah. above the... <laughs> well, the ghost of a drummer died in this room. So uh, yeah, of have course. A, have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> All night long. <laughs> and it was a, a beginner drummer. It wasn't a good drummer. It was somebody <laughs> learning the drums. That's right. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh my god, just <laughs> oh, get on a beat, please. God, isn't that the worst? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, all of us who play instruments started there. However, I irritated myself learning to play. <laughs> Like and I, I've told Ashley this a couple of times. The reason that I don't know how to play harmonica because I have tried several times to learn it is because I irritated the piss out of myself trying to learn it and being so bad at it. Like yeah. that's not that's not an instrument just like drums that you want to hear somebody bad at. That's right. You know, guitar is one thing, brass instruments another. You can kind of hear the musicality in it and it's coming, but harmonica drums and, and and like oboe are the worst ones to be bad at <laughs> oboe <laughs> if you ever heard a bad oboe player that's awful i don't know that i've ever heard an oboe player <laughs> oh, you're missing out uh, on television that's it yeah that's true i was in which, band i heard it all the time <laughs> which you know I, I, even now, I, I, wa I want to be able to play guitar. Adam and I w have talked about this before. I've got I've got really big fingers, and I've and they're not very flexible. And when I've gone and and tried to sit down and learn, I don't make the chords well. So I don't, yeah. do, and I usually wind up getting frustrated and giving it up. Mm -hmm. But the only reason I would pick guitar to learn how to play is because 
you know, I've always had this, you know, you're sitting by around a fire at a campsite or on the beach and you're just plucking out some tunes and everything. Yeah. And all the girls are just like, ooh, yeah, you know. <laughs> you don't ever hear about them guys, you know, they're sitting around a fire on the beach and he's like, would anybody care to hear my oboe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I brought my French horn with me. Would you like to? Nothing wrong if y'all play the oboe. Hey, I love it. <laughs> but I, I I doubt very seriously you've ever just sat sat around a fire and entertained all your all your buddies with uh, playing your you oboe. Know, yeah, some some yaz oboe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Enough. We done, <laughs> we went way <laughs> off track. Okay. So um. But but Chris Struble, like I said, he is the owner of the Petoskey Yesterday Tours. He explains that he has taken tours of as many as 60 people through the Terrace Inn. And one thing he does is he likes to get them in, in smaller groups of two or three and ask them what kind of experiences they had in the hotel. And they usually respond with the same exact answer. They said, we all feel a presence at the second and third floor stairwell landing. And he said, that's amazing and strange at the same time that all of them would have had the same response. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and, and he's right. I mean, you're certainly not going to get 60 people crammed in that little space all at one time for them all to come back to you and say, Hey, we all felt this, you know, because you know, you're going to have, 80% of people that felt nothing and they're just going right. along with the crowd. And that's right. what he's trying to prevent. But you, you and I, we've been on one of these things. You divide up, you go all over, you yeah. know, and a lot of times you, you break off and you go by yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so for all those people to have had the same experience, that's pretty cool. And like I said, yep. that they said that, that little terrace, that little terrace, that little landing, um, between the second and third floor stairwell is is very hot. It's very active. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's pretty impressive that that many people in the same area independently felt something. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, when you and I did it, there was several groups that said, "Oh, we got nothing." Yeah. Our group was a little special. We got a couple things. We got the um, SLS camera thing. We also mm -hmm. got the Whistler. Mm -hmm. But uh, to have people get nothing in certain areas, it lets you know not only are you, should you be happy that you experience something, but also that it's not just a fluke like. Yeah. Uh, uh, something weird about the area like we've talked about infrasound or something causing that you know it it, mm -hmm. it it's but it, it's cool it's cool it's cool a youtuber tyler self posted a video from october 2020 during his stay in room 212 which is one of the more haunted rooms at the terrace inn now he reports at the beginning of the video that when he walked into the room initially the door closed behind him now, he, he tours around the hotel with his camera for about 10 minutes or so, um, and and you'll see him. He turns, looks back down a hallway, and he's like trying to just catch an apparition here or something. And, you know, after a while, he just kind of gives up and says, okay, well, none of the spirits wanted to come out and play that night. He returns to his room and walks in, and then he turns around to catch the door slowly closing behind him. Well, that's neat. Now, of course, you know, anything can be faked. Now, he's sure. alone throughout this entire video. You don't see anyone else. You don't hear anyone else. And the way this door is situated, if somebody else was manipulating the door, they would have to be doing it with a fishing line and pulling it from mm -hmm. outside of the room because there's no way that anybody could have gotten behind the door because it pushes up against like another door. Yeah. And if they were, you would have seen them. Yeah. And if it was one of those doors that had the automatic closing mechanism, you could see that too. Yeah. And it doesn't have that. 
Right. Um, but also, I thought at first, and I went back and rewatched it a few times. Okay, so when he walks in, you're seeing his point of view looking into the room, and he walks into the room past the open door. Okay, so how easy would it have been for him to just reach behind him and give that little door a nudge, and then he yeah. turns around and says, check out the door closing again. Okay, yeah, that's, that's what true. I thought immediately. I was like, that's all he's done. But when you watch it, the door is moving slowly and at a pretty constant speed, and it goes all the way closed. So, you know, even in an older older house, older building, you know, that's got original doors, you know, that the house is settled over the years and the doors will kind of swing freely. Yeah. It's been my experience that in an old house where you have doors that swing like that, they don't stay open. They stay closed. Right. Yeah. Okay. The door, you know, you, you have to use a, um, a door stop, door stop to keep the yep. thing open. So as I continued to watch, I thought, man, that door is moving awfully slow over the in, almost the entire course of it going from fully open to fully closed. And and it really makes you kind of wonder. You're like, man, this was real easy to just poo-poo this. But if you really look at it hard, you don't, if it's a trick, he's, he's pulled it off well. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think it was something where he just reached behind him and pushed it closed because it wouldn't have moved at that speed. And, you know, you, you, sometimes these old doors, man, you push them a little bit, they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to move about three inches because you got old rusty hinges or yep. the thing is going to slam because yep. it moves so freely on the hinges. So that's actually what I was about to say was the <laughs> the fact that it didn't stop or like just go real fast and close. Yeah. That it was a steady pace is what gives me pause to think he didn't do it himself. Because yeah. like you said, okay, if if the room is pitched a little bit toward the you know, the hallway, so it's not an even floor, you yeah. say you could set a ball on there and it rolled toward the hallway. If that's the case. The door is going to pick up speed mm -hmm. as it goes along. Or if it's not that way and he hit it and shoved it, it would be quick at the beginning and then slow down toward the end. Even if it made it all the way, yeah. it would have real quick. And then about halfway through or somewhere in there, it would have started slowing down and it would have just barely went. Yeah. Too. And, and you know, who's tried this where you close a door in an old house and you just kind of flip at it, and it closes, and it doesn't latch. And what yeah. does it do? It comes right back open. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got a hell. I got a door in my house like that now. You know, my <laughs> my house was built in the sixties. So, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, a hundred year old hundred year old building. You know, it's it, all bets are off as far as what these doors are going to do. Yeah. So you know, it's not you know hard evidence, but it's cool. Okay, I mean, it, it's pretty cool. Now. This, this comes from a former guest named Margaret Converse, and she relates this story from her stay at the Terrace Inn. Of Chuck Taylor fame. Of Chuck Taylor fame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't if know. If she I'm doesn't lying. wear Converse shoes every day, she's missing out. That's I mean, true. You know, th this is her calling. That's um, true. She said she experienced several instances of paranormal activity during her visit. Converse says, this is a quote, I got in on Sunday late afternoon, and I was checking out the rooms. I felt very uns a very unsettling spirit on the eastern end of the second floor. I just stood there for a little bit and soaked it in. That night, Converse reported loud sounds like hammering and clanking that kept her awake. And she says, in the night, I was woken up around 2.30 or 3 a.m. to some hammering and couldn't go back to sleep. It went on and on and on. On Tuesday, before breakfast, Converse says she was standing in the lobby talking to two other guests when suddenly piano music began to play. So I'll see the there piano again. again. She says it stopped suddenly and the group looked to see where the music is coming from, was coming from. She says there are two pianos in the lobby and no one else was in the lobby besides us. 
And Converse went on to say that she logged her experience in the hotel guest book. Hmm. That, yeah, that piano again. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this, this last one, you know, like I said, we got cool personal experiences. So, I mean, you know, these, I got, you know, I got names on these and everything. But this one, this one, it didn't have a name. This was a posted review. Okay. Love these. And as always, I I love to hunt for reviews posted by guests to see if anyone shares their personal experience. Uh Most of the reviews describe a few hair raising experiences. And I say that in quotes because I would, I saw that in several of the reviews, but this one, this one, (laughs) I found this very interesting. So here's the review posted in September of 2016. It says, I went for a job interview in 1991 and immediately felt an eerie presence during a tour of the inn. When I questioned the owner about haunts, she just gave a slight laugh. I went home and called several days later to see if they had made a decision, and they said they were not hiring. I told them that I had just had an interview and they said that was impossible because the owner was out of state and no interviews were conducted recently. Holy crap. He says, I decided not to pursue the job any further. Holy crap. (laughs) I mean, that, that right there, I mean, it gives me kind of, it gives me chill bumps just because it's so cool. Mm -hmm. Um, If that's true, holy crap, dude. And you know. You can always look at these and go, yeah, that's a cool story, but is it true? And sometimes you can just use the the context and say, okay, it, it, this this guy is is probably being about as truthful as he can be, mm-hmm. um, because it's it it seems completely unsolicited. There's no reason in the world for this guy to say this. It's not like he's given his name or or he's on a YouTube channel. He's just, he just posted a review, you know, yeah. on a hotel that's supposedly haunted. Yeah. Not making any money or fame or anything off of it. So, you know, unless you just thought it was cute, you know, why would you do it? And if you just thought it was cute, then he's brilliant because the way he wrote it is just perfect. And I read it verbatim. I mean, that's a quote. Um, so, I mean, We've had other stories of people interacting with spirits and not realizing that they were spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, I can't remember which one it was. We we were talking about there was um, a, a spirit that was the apparition was so solid. People would follow it thinking they yeah. were behind another guest. And then yep, the guest would that. just walk through a door or just disappear. So we've seen those kind of stories, but to actually interact and speak um, mm-hmm. to the point that this guy called back thinking, hey, they may hire me for this job. Right. Right. You know, and then they're like, hey, no, we're not. We're not hiring right now. Can you imagine what he thought when they said the owner hasn't <laughs> been here and is out of town? Can you imagine? He was like, oh, my God. What? Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, just, just thinking about being that, being that person and getting that, making that phone call and hearing that you're just like, yeah. it's just, it's just one of those. It just gives you just the shivers all over. You're like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, it would have been one of those things where I'd go, okay, um, I'm going to go lay down for a minute. I, I need to sleep to escape this. So, you know, like I said, this is, this was a little bit shorter than what we typically do, but after digging into these stories, I thought, man, there's some really cool stories. I mean, there mm-hmm. are a lot of unique experiences in a hotel that, you know, paranormal investigators are saying this place is really, really active. Yeah. You know, so if you're in that area, if you're from that area and you know the Terrace Inn uh, and the 1911 restaurant, um, maybe you've heard some stories. Maybe you've even stayed there. Um, mm-hmm. let us know. I mean, Please this, do, this yeah. place is obviously active and it's one of these that's just not, it, it doesn't make all these big lists of most haunted hotels in America, you know, mo, you know, haunted places, but number one haunted place in the world. No, it doesn't. It's not on those lists. 
Yeah. Okay. But it sounds like it's it, it could be a hidden gem for amateur paranormal investigators or people that just like, hey, we're going to go to this area, see if there's a haunted hotel around there that we can stay at. Yeah. I mean, Ashley you know. and I do that. So yeah, we do I, too. It's cool. We do too. Problem is, is I'm a cheapskate and a lot of them are more expensive. And so I'm usually like, this is very true. Well, yeah. is there a best Western close by? Maybe we can just <laughs> yeah. stay Maybe near a, the haunted hotel. <laughs> Maybe there's a haunted best Western somewhere. That's how we uh, ended up in that uh, one haunted hotel. The Reed house in Chattanooga was, we were looking for a haunted hotel to stay when we went there. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah. And I've had friends that stayed at the Reed hotel and they've, They've told me some stories from there too that are that are pretty amazing. Yeah. But if if you've got a story from from uh the Terrace Inn or from even that greater Petoskey area, because there's multiple haunted places in, in that little town right there, let us know. And one of the best places to do that is in our Facebook group. And if you're not a member of the group, trust me, you're missing out. I mean, it's one of the best you know, groups out there. Um, every day there's new stuff. People are posting, you know, the, their own dad jokes, funny memes, personal experiences, stuff about cryptids, news reports on UFOs. I mean, you're going to mm-hmm. find it there. And the cool thing is you're not going to get made fun of. You can come nope. in there and tell the most outlandish story that, that was, that has ever happened to you. And, Everybody just wants to hear it, Adam and myself right. included. You know, so it's a it's a very warm, welcoming place, and about six thousand members strong or more. Um, There's so, no place so like the there. graveyard. That's right. I mean, that's right. One hundred percent. Never I haven't found another place like it. Um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Adam is the chief tweeter around here, so if you get on there, you're going to be talking to him. Um, I'm a little lax in Twitter verse. Um, (laughs) Just so everybody knows, I I, honestly, I'm downswing again, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm not on Twitter as much. Um, but our Instagram, if you want to see pictures of upcoming episodes or just random pictures that I decide to post of the graveyard or something related to an episode, that's the place to go, go to Instagram. And I post sometimes on Twitter, but not that often. So, yeah. Um, and as Adam mentioned earlier, you can go to our website, uh, which is graveyardpodcast.com. And as he said, that's where you can find the link to become a patron and help support the show. But you can also listen to the show on our website. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you need that new summer T-shirt, you know, and you want to, you know, show off your favorite podcast, uh, you know, when you... When or you, us, when you, when you, you know. get that one, then you can go buy and get our shirts. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the joke I was trying to get to, too. <laughs> it's like, who's going who's gonna to get to the finish line first? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's all I've got for the Terrace Inn. Uh, pretty cool place. So um, for Adam yeah, and I myself, for Adam and myself, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.